This is the sports show we've all been waiting for. Connoisseurs of Sport features two sports enthusiasts who go beyond statistics to help you interpret the sports you love in new and refreshing ways. A scout will help you spot players and teams that have the makings of true greatness without having to rely solely on fickle statistics. And the GM will help you understand how it goes on behind the scenes, translate into what happens on court or on the field. Get ready, because no one else does it like the connoisseurs of sport. Episode 42. It's Memorial Day weekend, and yes, the sports world certainly does not take a break. Welcome, everyone, to the Connoisseurs of Sport. On this episode, Scout, we're going to talk about the French Open, some tennis there, Grand Slam tennis, and we're going to continue to discuss the NBA playoffs. Oh, my goodness. Audible groan. (laughs) So right on that, we're going to jump in. start with the French Open. Uh, We're about to enter the second week. So everyone, we are recording on Sunday, uh, the day before Memorial Day, and this will release on Memorial Day. So there we go. So uh, going into the second week, what I'd like to start with is women's tennis. Why not? Let's go right there. So just going straight down here uh, on Memorial Day for us in the States, Serena Williams will play Svitolina in the fourth round. Uh-huh. You got. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's real hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Serena. I'm gonna oh. go out on the limb here. In a squeaker, you think? You mean are you saying are we gonna have three sets or is it gonna be straight? I'm joking. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm completely joking. Uh <laughs> Now, who knows with Serena uh, what will happen? Of course, you've got to choose her. Um, Svitolina is just not going to be up to her. It's just not going to be. Right. She's really, Serena's really playing against herself. Yeah. Um, so. Don't sound too excited, Scout. Okay, now, moving on. <laughs> also in the fourth round, and this is the top half, so they haven't finished their fourth rounders, um, is right. Suarez Navarro versus Putintseva. Mm-hmm. Now, Suarez Navarro has that wonderful one-hand backhand. I know you like Scout. Yes, yes, of course. We've spoken about that on previous episodes. Yes. And Putintseva is unseated uh, here. I think, again, this is going to be up to Suarez Navarro, who can be erratic. I mean, you just never know. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, with the, with the women's game, you can have the unforced errors kind of take control. Yeah. Um, of the match, so you can have a favorite, someone who's eminently more talented, maybe, like we said, beat themselves a little bit. But as far as, you know, if you want to get into the prediction game, I mean, I think Suarez Navarro, Navarro is the choice here. Well, of course, she, you know, Putintseva is unseated. Um, Suarez Navarro didn't make it to the quarterfinals in the Australian this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're picking her to do the same at the French. Moving on, we have Burton's versus Madison Keys, uh, the young American who's being coached by Lindsay Davenport. You go with Keys? 
Oh, Clay. Well, Keys made it to the finals in Rome. Oh, okay. That's good uh, info. And lost to Serena. Okay, that's good info because I'm just matching her game up with the surface. Mm-hmm. And apparently she is a little better on the surface than I've given a credit. I've given a credit for. So I'm going to go with her then. You made that easy. Yeah, see that. Uh, and she actually beat Muguruza in okay. route to meeting Serena in, in Rome. So yeah, and the and the good thing about Rome also is if you're thinking about how does this translate to the French for women, is it's best two out of three, which is the same at the French, which is different for the men. They have best two out of three in Rome, but best, we know, three out of five. Slam tennis is is a jump um, on the men's side. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, fourth rounder, Venus Williams. Whoa. Shocker. Yeah, made her way into the second week. Who knows the last time that happened at the French. She was out, I think, last year in the first round. So Venus Williams versus Baczynski. Uh Um, This is going to be tough, I think, on Venus. Uh, Baczynski is seated eighth. Venus is seated ninth. Um, What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think Venus is going to drop this match. Yeah, and just so you know, Baczynski made it to the semifinals last yeah. year. I mean, she's no pushover. Um, and I'm actually surprised, like we said, that Venus got this far. Yeah. Um, judging by her recent results. So I'm going to go against Venus here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Venus actually was out in the second round at Rome. So she's really doing well here. The French, the question for her, of course, is her health. Yeah, as always. Um, it was a good sign to see her in the third round pull it out in three sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll tell you, Scout, looking at her, she was moving pretty well on the clay. She was sliding uh, into her shots. Scott made, right. Yeah. It's something we talk about a lot. Um, movement on the clay, obviously. And are you able to... How do you handle going into stops, right? Yeah. And even and changing sliding. direction. That's right. And even sliding into the shot off the back foot. Yeah. And making it, I mean, she did that once on a forehand up the line. And I'll tell everyone watching uh, tennis, check the up the line or down the line shots. Mm-hmm. When do players decide to use them? When, when do they pull the trigger? How does their opponent respond? Because a lot of it's going cross court, cross court. But when is someone going up the line? And how does that affect the game? So watch on the clay sliding, of course. Um, and, and the men, of course, do that better than the women. Sorry, they do. Right, and, um, and also, you know, you're going to have a little more top spin. Um, yeah, on the men's side, so it's a little easier to go up the line with that being the high part of the net, as we know. Yes. Um, it's easier to go cross court um, for the opposite reason as the low part of the net. Yes, so, sir. Um, being that again, um, top spin and the men able to hit with top spin and also still penetrate the court with the shot with the top. That's spin. the key because what's yeah. the difference between the men and the women with that top spin shot? Yeah, it's able to penetrate and go through. They're able to hit it through the court more. For the men, instead right. of the women, it would sit up. It sit up, yeah, and especially on clay, which is gonna. Even though the, the clay is playing a little faster now, yes, times, um, it's still gonna sit up a bit um, mm-hmm. and, and get in that strike zone and, and expose you. Yes, um, so very good. Also, you think of the modern rackets, the, the strings, the lighter rackets. They can really whip the ball for the men. And, and, you know, have a great top spin shot that bites. I mean, some of those shots look like they're about to go out and then they drop. Yep. Right at the at the baseline. So, 
Great stuff there. Okay, so there we go. We'll see how Venus, what what Venus shows up, I'll say. Okay. So uh, one quarterfinal round is set on the women's side, the bottom half. American, young American Shelby Rogers yeah. um, comes out of nowhere and will uh, meet up against Muguruza, yeah. who's seated fourth. I think... Um, Shelby Rogers to me uh, has some power off of her uh, off of the ground, some power. My question is, is she going to be able to outclass Muguruza? Um, is she going to be able to move well enough to handle that? Um, and, I'm going no. Yeah, and even at net looking at Shelby, I would like her to bend her knees a little more. Uh, we'll see. I mean, look, it's the women's side. Especially on this side, you just never know. Uh, I, I think the moment may get the bad, better of Rogers here. Muguruza has the experience. And she's the better player, right? At this point, I would think. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, of yeah, course. I mean, she ousted Kuznetsova. Um, mm-hmm. We all know well. Yes. Um, so I think this is that's pretty easy for me. As easy as it can get, like you said. <laughs> Uh, with the unpredictability on the women's side and also with this tournament in general and its surface. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got Muguruza. Yeah, and and you know, Muguruza made it to uh, the semifinals at Rome and lost to Madison Keys there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, now, the two remaining fourth rounders uh, at the bottom half of the women's draw, they had to stop because of, you know, rain and, you know... The dark and the whole night. Darkness, all of that. Yeah. So we have Halep and, and Stozer. Halep is up in the first set against Stozer, 5-3. Um, and we also have Parankova versus Radvanska. Radvanska's in the second set, won the first one up. I don't even know how many breaks there. Um, I think Radvanska definitely pulls it out against Parankova, and I believe Halep will probably beat Stozer. I agree with both. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there we go. I don't think we need to go further there. Great. So that's the women's side. Who you got overall? You go with Serena overall as usual. Uh, I mean, you have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, I mean, think so. we I really going to sit here and make a case for something. Anyone else wins? It's a surprise. Yeah. Uh, and she's defending her win last year. Uh, she did lose to Angelique Kerber at the Australian this year. Uh, Radvanska made it to the semifinals again there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Radvanska is someone to look out for uh, this year. Uh, last year, just so everyone knows, uh, Bachinski, I mentioned, made it to the semifinals. She's still in. So you can look at her, but you just never really know. Madison Keys, maybe. Watch out for her, too. You think uh, so? You think she's a threat maybe. at that level? She made it to the finals at Rome. I, you know, I mean, I, I maybe Davenport. Even though this is certainly not Davenport's surface, right. maybe Davenport is really getting her in the right groove. I think it's more mentality for her. So we'll see if she can hang in there mentally. Mm. All right, let's move to the men's side, which I know you're going to get excited about. You were so <laughs> low energy. Where's Donald Trump? <laughs> Low energy. I'm warming up. Oh, are you? Okay. Yes. So let's go top to bottom as we did with the women. Uh, Djokovic versus Bautista Agu in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, Bautista Agu, uh, clay court dude. Yeah. Um, Spaniard. Spaniard, solid ground strokes. You know you know the drill. Yes. Um, moves well, but mm-hmm. he's going to get run over. 
Yeah, this is all Djokovic's. This is all Djokovic's racket talking. No, we don't need to talk about it. Also, Ferrer versus Burdick in the fourth round. Interesting. Now, this is. I mean, these guys have a bit of history. Um, I think they've split over the the year on clay, maybe or something like that. They they they're they're matched, contrasting styles. Yes. Right. Burdick, big guy, big serve, moves fairly well for his size. Yes. Doesn't yes, look has like nice ground strokes too. Doesn't look like say an Isner. Yeah, or uh, Doctor Evo. Doctor Evo, right? Yeah. Um. So, uh, and then you have Ferrer, who's kind of the you know the worker, the 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 um what yeah, what short guy. Yeah, yeah, quickness, um, mm-hmm. um, um, stamina. Yes, um, long fit. points. You're at fitness levels there. Um, yeah. it's not going to beat himself. So this is this is interesting. Um, it, it's sort of that clash. They always make it interesting, these two. Yeah. I, I really... I don't know who to pick here. It's just so... Yeah. Well, you tough. did mention, before we started recording, you did mention that Burdick tends to do better in the bigger moments between the two. Yes. That's a tendency. Yeah, at, at, at the... Right, at the slams. Yeah, so... Better outcome against Ferrer. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take Burdick here. Yeah. yeah. Um, setting up Burdick Djokovic. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean that's just just a good. You got a good match between him and Ferrer. I wouldn't be surprised if Ferrer won either. But um, I'm taking well, Burdick. We don't have a crystal ball. We're just having yeah. fun because right. really on the connoisseurs of sport, everyone we don't really care about predictions. We just do this for fun. Yeah, um, we do. Yeah. So moving on, Granollers uh, versus Team. Now Granollers uh, is in the fourth round be a walkover because of Nadal. Mm, right, yeah. Nadal went out with the wrist injury. We had yeah. a few people going out. Um, yeah. Nadal, we had uh, Joe Willie, one of our favorites, went out. Sanga with a left adductor injury, yes. There's one. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Crazy Man. <laughs> uh, Maltese. Yes, Gael Mar- Gael didn't even show, right? Yeah, he had a viral infection. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, great Roger Federer's not yeah. here. Right. Um, he was at Rome, but he was not here. Um, so, Granollers versus Team. Mm-hmm. You want my prediction? You want with Team? Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of his, actually. Um, he's one of the younger guys. Yeah. I'm 22 years old. Um, big game. Yes. And he's from Austria, right? Austria, I think it's- yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Big game moves well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like where he is mentally in matches, too. Mm hmm. As well, so yeah, I think he has a quite the future ahead of him. Actually, even beyond this, yeah, and he he lost to Nishikori mm-hmm. at um at Rome. So hey, that's pretty good. I mean, he team beat Federer at Rome, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and and what does he have? What kind of backhand? One handed. There you go, and the scout loves it. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll look out for the young team there. Moving on, Fan versus Golbis in the fourth round. This one is tricky. Um, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you go on this one. You know, you now Golbis. Yeah, Golbis made it to the fourth round because Joe Willie pulled out. Yes. Joe Willie was up in the first set when he pulled up. He was up five two versus Golbis, so it wasn't going well for Golbis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Golbis acknowledged that <laughs> after the match. Uh, Golbis it has a lot of talent. Uh, years ago, I remember when he burst onto the scene as a young guy, 
and you know hitting off of the ground like wow where's he come from but he's inconsistent mentally i don't know if he's there or not Mm. ups and downs in his career so if he is going to live up to his potential i think certainly he can beat go fan if not no yeah uh it's up to him obviously i mean go fan is 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 solid yeah. Um, I'll say off of the ground moves well, but I don't think he has the firepower yeah. to all the deal with the top 20, I would say, on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. Definitely can't hurt the top 10, top 15 and top 10. Yeah. Um, now, Golbus is nowhere in the top 20. Right, but <laughs> if he, like you said, if he's on his game, he has that le- talent level maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just he's a bit of an odd bird. He is. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, GoFan just uh, came out of a five-setter against Almagro. Okay. Which is understandable. You know, yeah. Almagro knows how to play. He's on. tough, yeah. He's yeah. tough. Uh, okay. Now, the bottom half of the men's singles, they are already in the quarterfinals. This is all done. So, the two quarterfinals matches, one of them is uh, Ramos Vinolas, who came out of nowhere. He did, didn't he? Beat Ronich um, versus Vavrinka, the reigning champ. Yeah, um, I mean, you want my prediction on this? <laughs> Surprise, I say Ramos Vinola. <laughs> no, I mean, this is Stan all the way to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know. And he's looking great on clay. Um, well, you know, he's defending. Yeah, he, he had a four-setter four versus Troitsky. Um, mm-hmm. But looking good to me. Ramos Vinola, though, is interesting. He's a lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a lefty. You get, and he really uses that left-handed forehand to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, he moves well. You know, he is a Spaniard. He gives you that modern Spanish tennis game, which is yeah. a blend of defense and offense. So I think it'll actually be an entertaining match for people to watch. He's gonna get run over. You oh. know it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Now the other quarterfinal that's set. Is Gasquet versus Murray. Interesting. Interesting. Now, the Frenchman Gasquet versus Murray, who's playing well. He's seated two here. Uh, he beat Djokovic at Rome. What do you think? I'm taking Murray, and I'm going to give you a little twist on why here. Oh, okay. All right. Gasquet being in the French Open, I think, adds pressure. Yeah. And it's borne out in his results. This is the first time he's broken through to the quarters in the French. Mm. Um, now, Gasquet, we know, has been a roller coaster career. Yeah. Um, but he seems to have settled down as he's matured. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's playing his best, I believe, as far as consistency is concerned. So, you know, back in the day, he had spikes where he would play really well and then maybe he would level off or play yeah. poorly. Um, but now I think he's consistently there in slams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just the pr- added pressure plus an opponent, the caliber of Murray. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't I don't see him doing it uh, as much as I would like him to. You know my affinity for Richard and the backhand, the one handed backhand, the one handed backhand. Yeah, but I, I just think Andy Murray's gonna 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 win that. Yeah. Uh, overall, for the men, who you got? You know, this is tough because I want to say Djokovic, but Stan's always there. Stan, this is Stan the can beat anyone. Well, Stan beat Djokovic last year right. at the French. And then gonna, there's, you know, and, and we could have the matchup of Djokovic-Murray in the final, which would be a repeat of the Australian final. Right. Um, I'm going to take Djokovic mm-hmm. to win it all. Yeah. 
Um, again, yeah, it, but again, if everything plays out, I mean, first of all, his draw is a little. I mean, he doesn't have to see Murray or Stan, and Stan and Murray have to see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's the end of the world or anything. I mean, Burdick is going to Burdick is going to be tough for for Djokovic, but I don't think too tough. Not like that, right? Um, so I'm taking Djokovic all the way through to raise the. Yeah. Do they have a trophy? Yeah, yeah, because see what happened in Djokovic's half is Nadal exactly went out with the wrist injury, yeah. so yep. that really opened it up for him. He really has a much easier path. I'm sorry, Murray versus Vavrinka, that's going to take something out of each of them, regardless of who. Yeah, I would agree. And, and Roger, as what as the third ranked player on the tour, would have been in the top half with Djokovic as well. Probably. Am I right about that? Um, I don't. I'm not sure. Well, well, it depends. I, don't, I can't remember how they seed. I don't know if yeah. they seed. Well, they, they, they have. Or... They have Stan is the third seed, and he's in the bottom half. Um, with with Murray, the second seed. So you, you know. Oh, you okay. Two, yeah, you're right. It's one, yeah. four, two, three. I got that that's wrong. Right. You're right. That's you're right. That's right. So that could have changed things again with yeah. Nadal going out and, and, and Roger as as well, not withdrawing. Um. It shuffled the seeds. Whereas if he was three, I'm just saying hypothetically, if you still have Roger and he's three, he pushes Stan up into the top half. Yeah, it stands four, and you have a different ball game kind of. So right now, the bottom is is heavy because of yeah. the dog going out, especially. Yeah, so those two are going to have to beat each other up. That's a heavyweight match. It, you know, assuming this goes according to plan. I don't want to yeah. sell it. Everyone has a puncher's chance here. Yeah, please. you don't have to qualify. Now, uh, Nadal was was seated fourth. And to end it here, Joe Willie Sanga was sixth. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And he went so, out as well. So it's, it's cleared up nicely for Djokovic. So, okay. So we're going Serena Djokovic to win. Who knows? Shocker. Yeah. Who knows whether we'll be right or not. But now it's on to the NBA. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to tennis in a month because we get Wimbledon. Uh, but for the NBA, let's start with this. Dan Tony is going to coach the Houston Rockets. So he'll be coaching the beard, James Harden. Yeah. Uh, will he be coaching Dwight Howard? Um, most people say no <laughs> because they we expect him to opt out and go into free agency and leave. What are your thoughts about uh, Mr. Dan Tony joining that wonderful organization? Um, I don't think as currently constructed they have the personnel to play the way he likes to play. Now we are um, pretty sure Dwight Howard's going to, you know, get out of town. I mean, he had a problem with him in L.A. Right? There was an issue. There were issues there with Mike Dan Tony. Well, oh, you're talking about Dan Tony, okay. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying Dwight Howard has a problem everywhere. Exactly. Right, right. So he's going to exercise his 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 what's the word? opportunity. Yeah, to get out of town. So you're going to have a different team there. And um, is this well, Scout? Is this the Houston Rockets also saying you may as well leave? <laughs> well, we well, we chronicled mm-hmm. discussion with Daryl Murray last week. Yep. So I mean, it's not a stretch. Yeah. Or a leap. It's more like a hop, as Luther would say. Yeah, this is John them Luther. this is them almost kicking him out of town yeah. going, We don't care. Yeah. We want this seven second offense coming. Harden's gonna work well in that offense. You're not. We know, we've seen it, we don't care. 
Yeah, so he's going to be gone. I, I I would see running his offense. I think you need a point guard. I mean, a true one. Mm-hmm. Um, Harden handles the ball a lot. Um, Beverly, I mean, is really a bench guard. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, he's he's a second unit guard to me. I'm solid player, but I just don't think he's a starter, especially not in today's climate with the point guards that we have around. Yep. So. I, they're going to take some time to build, I believe, what Dan Tony knows how to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I leave it. Um, now, the question is, how does the beard come back after being spurned from all three All-NBA teams? <laughs> that's a great segue. <laughs> that is a great segue. We are going right into that. So these All-NBA teams, and what are you thinking? Uh you know, I, we got we talked about who it used to be the coaches that vote on this sort of thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how it's done now. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be, you know, the, the only thing that used to be voted on by the geniuses in the media was that MVP award. Everything else, I believe, was was um, coaches' ballot. So you had all defensive teams and things like that, all NBA. Um, Okay, I have a few problems. Yeah. Okay, first of all, the question is, do we really need the positions? Now, break down what you mean by that. You mean, do you need to choose one from each position? One point guard, one shooting guard? More pointedly, do we need a center? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way the league is now. So you just want it to be the top five guys? Yeah, or at least first team. Yeah, or you don't look. DeAndre Jordan shouldn't be on anyone's All NBA team. With all due respect, (laughs) let me let me just let me let me just cut to the chase. Yeah, let me give the people who made the first team. Um, so it's Steph Curry who had the most vote points. I'm shocked. Yeah, um, LeBron James, uh, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I mean, when you get to DeAndre Jordan, you go, okay, that's a drop after the other four guys. Yeah, it, it, it's just not. Yeah, and just so you know, these the, the all-NBA teams are chosen by a panel of sports writers and broadcasters in the U.S. and Canada. Oh, well, that explains it. Yeah, see, I see thought that? it was the coaches. I was way off. Nope. See, I think that's old. I think all of this stuff is changing for yeah. the worse. And this is where I start going, well, it doesn't matter. If yeah. Voting, yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter. I mean, we're dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, so hearing that invalidates really the all of it for me. I, I don't have a lot of respect for the broadcast media. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, this, and I'm but, sorry. What do you mean by all NBA? Do you mean that these are the most well-rounded, talented, skilled guys in the league? Or is it just the most astonishing players or your favorites? Steph Curry, I keep saying it. I, we'll get to it later. He does not play defense. I don't care what anybody says. You can give me his numbers guard. When Russell Westbrook takes a shot like you idiots do, it does uh, not matter. Don't do not get yeah. me started this early in the episode on that. Hey, it's just a bunch of stupidity. So uh, whatever. Now I'm fine with with this list. DeAndre Jordan, I think it's weird, but if you have to have a center, okay, right. It's just, I mean, and even still, let's say you have to have a center. I got DeMarcus Cousins on the second team. And let me go. That's where I'm going. Wow. Let me read off the second team. So the All NBA second team consists of Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Chris Paul, and Damian Lillard. That's a strong team. Yeah. I mean, look. 
That's that's why. How and why is Demarcus Cousins on the second team and DeAndre Jordan on the first? Under what? Because DeAndre Jordan is Mama Hooper. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Hoopers. That's righty. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Look, you ain't got no rings. (laughs) Look, if you wear a wig and all of that, then you get on the first team. yeah, but I'm loving the second team. I like those selections. Uh, the NBA, the All-NBA third team, by the way, Paul George, LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, Clay Thompson, and Kyle Lowry. See, I got a problem with Kyle Clay. Lowry. Oh, with, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I, I got a Clay, problem. Listen, I got a problem with Clay too. Because he's on the third team. Yeah, that, yes. But we have talked about the disrespect of Clay, of the Clay bot. So just to clarify, so everyone knows accurately, we're saying Clay should be higher than third yes. team, and you're saying Kyle Lowry shouldn't be on any team. Yes. <laughs> well, who I mean, places? Look, look, as much as I am not a James Harden fan, yeah, come on, you put James James Harden in instead I mean, of Lowry. Yes. Let's be real here. Does James Harden have his warts? Yes. Is he as good as his numbers show? Heavens, no. Well, neither is Lowry. Well, that's well, that's my point. And plus, James Harden doesn't have physical limit. Yes, he does. Well, he doesn't have the same level of physical limitation. Okay, <laughs> let's put it that way. I mean, I, well, you're on your own with Kyle Lowry. He's yeah. a solid player. He's a good player. Okay, I would even put um, Little Isaiah over him. Mm. I think he's a better player than Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and I'm forgetting people. Yeah. I know I am. Mm. So let's just look at this, what the media are telling us. They're saying, okay, so I guess Curry is the point guard, I'm guessing. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, I'm going to guess. So they say he's the best point guard in the league. They're telling us that Chris Paul's the second best, and then it's Lowry third best. Well, who was Russell? Shooting guard, I'm guessing. No. Nah. I'm confused. You so, got Steph Curry is the, the jacker. Uh, uh, well, then, whoever you want to swap, then you have Russell Westbrook, first team, right? You got Damian Lillard, right. second team, and then uh, Clay Thompson, third team. Y'all going y'all, to look, y'all going to learn to respect Clay. Do you put Clay over Lillard? Yeah. Hmm. See, that's a tough one. See, the thing is, and, and the reason is, he is so tough defensively. He is. He's even better than I thought defensively. And and the but what makes it even better, and what you're saying, what makes it even better for him, is that he's also devastating offensively. Yes. It's very interesting. I, and I, I mean, was I'm saying this to you when we were watching. Yeah. In some ways, he reminds me of Kawhi. It's not mm-hmm. the same, but it's like these they do such great work on both ends of the floor. Right, and, and I think it gets drowned out. That gets lost, and it's yeah. so disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, look, I'm looking at him, and I'm trying to figure out is he the best two way perimeter player in the game? I mean, Kawhi. Yeah. If you consider him a perimeter player, I think we do. Would probably yeah. be the gold standard number one two way player. But I got Clay number two, and it maybe one may A and one B. Maybe Russell. Yeah, yeah. Third, um, yeah, but I mean, Kawhi is so superior defensively. Yeah, you know, um, but Clay gives you a little more offensively. See, I, 
Yeah, with the three ball. I mean, yeah, yeah true, true. Uh, see, it's that's hard. a tough. We'll have we maybe we need to do with who you got with that one. That's yeah. a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, it's one A, one B. But yeah. having the conversation really highlights mm-hmm. Lee Thompson is yes. Let's hold that because we're gonna okay. come back then. All right. Okay. Um. So moving on to small forward LeBron, first team, mm, right? Yeah. Kawhi. Kawhi on the second team. I'm sorry. Not the first, Kawhi, yeah. sorry. So they re- essentially have two small forwards. Yeah. yeah, see, this gets confusing. So They're LeBron. Let's say LeBron first team. These are the three. Uh, second team would be Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Third team would be Paul George. You okay with that hierarchy? Yeah. You know, I struggle with LeBron, with Bron's game. Yes. You know, I struggle with it. It's it's just limited. And if anyone's been watching the playoffs, hopefully it has been screaming at you how limited it is. Look, and we're not even going to get into Kevin Durant yet. Um, So moving on, (laughs) we have, (laughs) look, we have, um, we have Kawhi. Okay, let's put him at the power. This is so. I, I think it's just two guards, two forwards. Two forwards in the center. It's like the All Star voting. Yeah, but if you're doing that, then it should just do two backcourt players, three frontcourt players. Right. And like you're saying, you don't have to have a center. I mean, especially in today's NBA, which yeah. is run, run, shoot, shoot from three. Space, space, space. space yeah. yeah. Not at the three point line. Okay, so we have Kawhi on the first team. We have um, Draymond Green. No on the problem. second team, and then you have uh, Lamarcus Aldridge on the third team. Are you okay with that? Aldridge didn't play well for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, he exploded in the playoffs a bit, and then kind of tailed off. But I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, this I mean, is the regular the question. Is how do you feel about a talent like Anthony Davis? No, I wouldn't put him on there. Yeah, that's the question. I think. I mean, he's but he's really a talent. Yes, he's a talent. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you know, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. fine. I got no problem. Okay, center DeAndre Jordan, as we said, first team. Second team is uh, Cousins, as you said. Third team is Andre Drummond. No, I got no problem with that. I mean, again, we're talking centers again. But you put Um, Cousins over. Jordan. I put I put Cousins one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there a question? He's the best center. I don't think so. Um, and the question is, do I put Drummond over DeAndre yeah. Jordan? And I'm saying yes. I think he's a better player. I agree. I think DeAndre Jordan is um a blocker dunker. Yeah. Okay. Which is fine. I mean, he he fits his role on that team. I know why they don't choose Cousins because they don't like Cousins. Yeah. Um, right. Moving that's on. How you, yeah, that's how you know who's doing this. Yeah, moving on. Uh, this segment or this section is called I Gotta See It in the Playoffs. I said this before. <laughs> yeah. Right during the regular season. Show me in the playoffs. And here we are. We're getting to see it. Now, we know the wonderful Cavs have made it to the finals again. Uh, this is LeBron's sixth straight appearance in the NBA Finals, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with them. What are your thoughts on their win? First of all, over the Raptors, four-two. It should have been four-nothing. Um, the word "imminent" comes to mind. <laughs> what do you think about Coach Lou? We talked about him before. Same thing I thought before. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done a great job with them. Um, and note, everybody, as we've said, 
when the their trifecta, LeBron, Kyrie, Love, score at least 20 points each, they win. Yeah. When they didn't, they lost. It's, it's like, I don't even know. Give me that stat. Go ahead, Scout. And he, he's done a great job, I think, most of all, with Kevin Love. I think LeBron's going to do what he does. Yes. Um, Kyrie's going to do what they do. Um, yeah. They have a certain talent level. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Love bothers me. Mm for this blanket reason and I talked to you about this it seems that that these so-called stars yeah can't play on the road in today's NBA mm. it bothers me if you can't go on the road and shut a crowd up you ain't a star that's it right used to be that way and you know we 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 wax poetic and we get all old and nostalgic on you guys all the time but it's true mm-hmm. okay Kevin Love goes into Toronto I think save for maybe the last game he played all right, but and just goes in the can. Yeah, that annoys for these max players. These guys that make all these money, which indicates okay, these are, these are franchise style players, type players. Mm-hmm. He does not do it for me. It bothers me. Okay. Well, we will see what happens in the finals. I mean, that's really going to be his greatest test. Is he going to yeah. be able to uh, perform at that level? He missed uh, last year's playoffs. Um, hopefully Kyrie will continue to be healthy. And There's something that needs to be talked about here with them, and it's the three-point shooting. Yep. Um, and Channing Fry, oh. who they scraped off of the trash heap. Mm. Um, <laughs> this He is just an example of why I cannot stand the three-point shot. <laughs> I'm sorry. He is way too powerful with that yeah. shot. You okay. It, it, yeah, you think it uh, le- legitimizes guys. It's in a way that's, outrageous when these yeah. guys come and hit all these threes, and people are looking around like, really? But well, we just like, like really. We like well-rounded players. I mean, this is what we like. Um, okay, so they made it. Uh, now to the West, which is going to Game Seven. It will be the night of this episode's release, so Monday night. Mm-hmm. Let's start with going back to Clay. Yes. Uh, you talked about stars going on the road, shutting up a crowd. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson did that in game six. No, it was not Stephen Curry. It was Clay Thompson. He was the one that kept them in it. He kept them uh, coming back. And he's the reason why they won. Go ahead, Scott. And don't forget game four, he had a flurry when they were down and kept them somewhat afloat in Mm -hmm. the previous game in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Okay. So this is a guy who embodies what I'm used to seeing in the great player. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not only a talent thing. It's when the chips are down, you saying, not if I have anything to do with it. Yeah. And you come out and you you lay it down in defiance of what's happening in front of you. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see no front runners. You uh, know who I'm talking about. We got it. Okay. You know what? The other thing about Clay, I think. You know I'm upset about. You know I'm ve- I am really seething. We're not there yet. To, okay. All right. <laughs> so, you know, with, with with Clay, I think a part of it is he's so quiet, unassuming calm Mm -hmm. on the court Mm -hmm. that's that's where Kawhi comes to mind as well Mm -hmm. it's easy to overlook media and it's so disrespectful because he doesn't need to point up to God every time he makes a shot 
Okay. Or wait until the game's over to act like a complete fool. That's right. He yelling at crowds, we ain't going home, we ain't, I, I'm back, but my knee's still hurting. Oh, wait, I'm back. No, my knee's hurting. Wait, I'm back. <laughs> Everybody's knee's hurting. Okay, so yeah, I, I just, the more that this... But he's humble, though, but you know, that one's humble. That's humble behavior. Clay Thompson, that's humble behavior. He's, I, I just love it. Um, and you know, when he starts shooting, it's scary. I just go, uh, that might go in like, well, yeah, as, as Westbrook and Durant fans, um, he does scare me. And we talked about those opponents that, that scare you being Lakers fans as well. If certain people, you would go, please get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. Well, let's move to that. Let's talk about Kevin Durant's advantages and disadvantages. I've said, (sighs) I said, I love his talent, but you know, when the chips come, you know, when the chips start falling and Mm -hmm. I just don't know that you can count on him. He's proving me right. Unfortunately, I think, I think his philosophy of himself is wrong. Uh, he does not take advantage of his height. Uh, he uh, he plays like he's a two-guard, and he's not. And in these crunch situations, that's just not going to work. And I think, and I'll toss it to you, I think at the end of games for uh, the Thunder, what they have to watch out for is flat-footed offense, as you call it, Scout, where it's either Westbrook trying to create his own shot uh, in isolation or Durant because note what Iguodala did on the defensive end to both. He just knocked the ball out of their hands. Right. Seeding was more off of action, passing, movement, things like that. And I think that they need to keep that in game seven if they want to win. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Kevin Durant um, needs a little more screening. See, what's happening is they're, they're letting him isolate at the end of games, you know, kind of, you know, what we used to seeing from our heroes throughout history. Jordan, um, Kobe. Jordan the Kobe, yeah. um, and so forth and so on. Um, but what's happening is when he has that, when he makes that catch and he's out around the three-point line or he starts his dribble three or four feet outside of the three-point line, okay, to try to drive and get some shot off on Andre Iguodala and the rest of yeah. the Golden State Warrior defense that's loaded up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a no-win. There are very few people throughout history that are able to score like that consistently. Okay, and none of them are seven feet. That's and that's your point. He is not. A, put it this way: It's fine to play like that on a Wednesday night in February. Okay, yeah. when the Milwaukee Bucks are in town. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But when it's two minutes left in the game in a one point, two point, three point game of a game six of a playoff series, mm-hmm. that's that's no bueno. We can't do that. Yeah, I, I just, I hope he sees the light, but I don't think so because he's too old to see it. It's like, you it, look, you've got to go to the block, as you say. Use your height as an advantage, not as a disadvantage. And, and we don't mean, when we say go to the block, we don't mean to go Akeem Olajuwon and play black, back to the basket basketball. No. I mean, I need him to start in triple threat position. Okay. What does that closer, mean? Closer closer to the hoop where you have you have the ability to pass, shoot, or dribble. You have yes. all of your options at your disposal. I need him to start that process. We always talk about the pinch post in that area. Whereas if I get by if I beat my man, whether I pump fake or what have you, I'm at the rim. Yeah. And, and it's a, a an overwhelming chance I'm going to the foul line because I'm gonna get fouled or I get a good shot, especially at his size. Mm-hmm. Playing out at the three point line. Okay, and driving uh, uh, four, five, six dribbles where everyone sees you coming. Yeah. It's not going to work for him, okay? He's not Allen Iverson. 
Yeah, okay. What about this? Curry versus Westbrook. Go. There is no Curry versus Westbrook. They hide Curry. <laughs> you mean this media nonsense where they asked them about is Curry underrated? Let me tell y'all something, man. You media people. Now, wait a minute. They said they asked uh, Westbrook and Durant whether Curry was underrated defensively. Yes. And not they. Uh, a reporter did. Go ahead. No, he's not underrated. He's trash defensively. <laughs> now, look. Well, he doesn't play defense. And steals, I'm sorry, doesn't count. No, anytime he was guarding Westbrook, okay, if anyone would stop looking at the basketball and look at what's going on health-wise with Golden State, they would or, be... Or just stop looking at the stat sheet. Right. They yeah. were basically shadowing that matchup with Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. So he, even when he's guarding him and he gets switched on or whatever ha- what happens, he's not guarding him. So don't throw me some stat about 8 out of 25, whoever that nonsense is y'all got floating around because y'all can't... Okay, let me calm down. Mm-hmm. The language. Because <laughs> for some reason, you have to elevate Curry above where he's already elevated. Yeah. Um, he is what he is. He cannot defend. It's a mismatch. Why do you think Clay guards everyone? Exactly. Who, who's guarding Westbrook, really? It's Clay. And who's guarding Curry? It's Westbrook. It's, it's so scary. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I love the response mm-hmm. by, the, by, by Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, it was a great response from Durant and Westbrook. Westbrook said nothing, and Durant said everything he could to be that, nice. To be nice. So, um, moving moving on from there. Also, just note everybody what I said about Curry and space. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's it's proven true every time I watch. Uh, don't the hand in the face doesn't matter. It's all about you getting in his space. Thank mm. you, and Billy Donovan. Yeah. Billy Donovan versus Steve Kerr. We talked about them before the coaching matchup. This is a shame. If, if they go on to, if Golden State goes on to win Game Seven, which they, I mean, they have a better shot at doing. Yeah, they're at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a travesty because you have a guy who's out coaching another guy severely. And you're talking about Donovan out coaching Kerr. Yes, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr is a joke to me. Yeah. He just, I, I don't know. Well, he won coach of the year, so. They, yeah, he just, I have no respect for Steve Kerr. I'm sorry, I don't. It's um, just, it's just. Tactically, <laughs> any of it. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I've said it before. It'll be interesting to see what Luke Walton does with the Lakers on his own. Um, compare the two. Hats off again, hats off to Billy Donovan for just the basketball mind acumen, the ability to adjust, throwing wrinkles in, doing everything in his power to put people in position to succeed, and that's what a coach does. A coach does not say we're shooting too quickly when we're a team that shoots quickly. (laughs) Okay, so let's all I mean, let's save it, Steve Kerr. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I think Donovan, first year coaching here for them man I tip my hat to him and I I just say regardless of what happens it's wonderful what you've done Mm -hmm. and it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with in game seven now game sevens are game sevens who knows what's going to happen it'll probably be the Golden State Warriors we called the series for them anyway Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be interested to see what Donovan does how he sets up his guys like you said to succeed. Uh, I expect nothing from Kerr. We know what we're going to get from them. Uh, now, <laughs> right. yeah. So we're saying that it'll be Cavs Warriors still in the finals. Yeah. yeah, I think we have a rematch. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Cavs have a shot against the Warriors? Sure. 
Yeah. Do you think they have a shot against the Thunder? What if that happens? Yeah. Which matchup do you think is better for the Cavs versus the Thunder or versus the Warriors? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're ending right here, so make it good. <laughs> I think Oklahoma City, just from the standpoint of LeBron's psyche. Yeah. And that's me, you know, playing, uh, you know, uh, armchair psychologist. Yeah. I, I think the way that dude works, I don't think he wants to see Golden State. Mm-hmm. And I think Golden State would play better against the Cavaliers than they will against Oklahoma City. But that's me just really taking a, a wild swing at it. Yeah. Um. I. I you know. I, I. I don't. I don't really know. I mean. And again, the Cavaliers. To see, I say that, and the Cavaliers are at full strength right now. Yes. Um. So you have Kyrie there now, who I think is really the, the big key for them. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether Curry guards him or not, he won't be. I, I know Clay will be on him, and they'll put Curry on J.R. Smith because he's just he's a standstill three point shooter. Um, so they can hide them, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to say they would rather see Oklahoma City, Cleveland, just because Cap, um, um, LeBron has a, a pretty good record against Durant Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the way back to beating them in the finals with the Heat. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that that's my uh, my, my crystal ball. <laughs> good call, and and of course we'll keep coming back. Um, game seven again. Warriors versus Thunder, Monday night. The finals will start on Thursday, June 2nd. So we will come at you next week after all of those festivities begin. And let me just end uh, with this. As we've said always, everybody, it is the Golden State Warriors, plural. It is that team. They have a magnificent team. Uh, Draymond Green gets a lot of hate for no reason when he's doing all the dirty work. Sometimes, literally, yeah, really right. The, the Bruce yeah. Lee stuff, yeah. Right. Even guys like little guys that have small contributions because they don't see the ball a lot. Harrison Barnes is always ready. It seems comes in and just hits a three, hits and- a corner three, oh. right? And that keeps his man that so his man can't help on unanimous. Yeah, uh, that's why you see so much space for him driving. Um, yeah. They are a fully formed team for this time period. Mm-hmm. And I think the media especially and bandwagons really need to acknowledge them as a team okay and stop making it um mr unanimous show because it's not yeah it's just disrespectful ridiculous yes so hats off to the warriors team and on that everybody again we'll be back next week for finals coverage until then enjoy the second week of the french open enjoy game seven um i don't know if we can even watch but I'm not enjoying it. Good luck, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Listen to Connoisseurs of Sport every Monday at DailyDynamic.com.